0: Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Texas Signal, Signal Cast. I'm your host, Joe Desotel, and I'm here with my co-host, Jessica Montoya Coggins. Hello, Jessica.
1: Hey Joe, hey guys.
0: So a lot going on as usual, and we're gonna start with the rally that took place on Saturday. The big conversation has of course been the Democrats breaking quorum and all the activity surrounding that. And I'm sure they would have loved to have been on this march from Georgetown to the Capitol over the last three days with Beto but they are under the threat of arrest and they are in DC for the most part um, still meeting with legislators and still trying to push for federal action on voting rights and so I know at the signal we covered this rally we had uh, at least one reporter sort of embedded throughout the event was a three-day event Uh, did you get a chance to check out Willie Nelson's performance at all
1: I always get a chance to check out <laughs> Willie Nelson, <laughs> yeah. um, so no, he's he's obviously been you know a huge huge advocate on this, and it's just it's very nice to see you know someone using their platform in this capacity. Um, it you know it looked like a very well attended rally. Um, I know Julian Castro was also there. Um, he was you know talking about it uh, with his brother Joaquin on MSNBC later that day. Uh, so this is, you know, this is, you know, what, you know, the, our representatives are out in DC, they, they couldn't be there, but it was nice to, to sort of have this image of folks coming together. Everyone looked like they are pretty much wearing masks and looked very safe in that regard, um, who, you know, are trying to, to really rally the state and this country for the important voting rights protections that we, that we need.
0: Yeah and 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 that's right and you know that they are there and obviously DC is is expensive people are away from their families and it's just really sad that I think that the narrative was sort of wrong uh, from the very beginning. And the fact that Democrats are in D.C. is specifically because they are trying to fight for federal you know, rights and, and a bill to be passed at the national level. But the other reason is simply because they can't be in the state of Texas. They literally will be arrested. And the governor's threatened as much. And we saw that the speaker issued a civil arrest warrant for one of the members. Of course, we also know that they are not breaking any law. In fact, it's actually written in the rules that they can do this. So. You know, the fact that we have this this governor who's just been power tripping and, you know, executive order after executive order and not even things that help people. I mean, we saw over the last week executive orders to, you know, limit what local lo- locals can do to prevent the spread of COVID-19 and, in fact, make it impossible for locals to require masks in certain places, no matter what the level of hospitalization was. In the beginning, he's the one who set it at 15 percent. And then now he says, you know what, that's not actually very popular with my base and I have an election next year. So he's removed those restrictions. And, you know, we know that this, you know, today, essentially Thursday, August the 5th, uh, tomorrow is Friday, and that is technically the last day for the special session. And he's already announced, we just basically breaking news at this point that the governor has announced a, he will call another special session on Saturday. I think that it's interesting to note that um, earlier today, I I read on the quorum report, which is sort of the insider, uh, sort of inside baseball for state legislative politics. Their website was talking about the uh, Article 10 funding, which we brought up many times because the governor vetoed that, and that included all the staff funding. So essentially, he says, I'm going to defund your staff and the Republican staff, too, if you guys don't do exactly what I want. And so basically, Democrats called his bluff. He made he, he did, in fact, veto the funding. And so now in the backdrop of this whole voting rights issue, there is like the staff getting paid issue. And we've talked about this before, but uh, there was a couple of different ways to get that money in. And even Republicans have acknowledged that if they were able to find money for the border wall when it wasn't the legislature, they can certainly find money to pay uh, for staff. And it sounded like what I understood was that. Uh, One of those uh, defunded groups, the legislative budget board could in fact, move money around to pay for staff. But the interesting thing is they can't do it while the legislature is in session. So the fact that Abbott called an immediate special session means there was no time for uh, the budget board to meet and then move that money over. And so this is still sort of hanging out over the heads of staff. And, and as we've interviewed staff, uh, know that this is something that is uh, really troubling to them, both Republican and Democrat.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, they, this, is, uh, you know, this is going to threaten uh, housing for folks, you know, rental assistance, uh, health insurance. Uh, People are trying to figure out what they're going to do for their own families in this regard. Uh, So it is very, uh, you know, callous and cruel. And really, ultimately, for Republicans, uh, you know, there are, uh, you know, memo to folks, but there's more Republicans at that state house than there are Democrats. And, um, you know, the U.S. Census Bureau just announced that the new redistricting data uh, is actually going to come four days earlier. So it'll be here next week. Uh, so, you know, presumably this would have been a time for, uh, the redistricting work to begin, uh, that is kind of up in the air now. And, um, you know, that, that was obviously a huge priority for Republicans and and remained so, uh, more so for the gerrymandering purposes. Um, but no, yeah. So Abbott has kind of put himself in a, a corner of his own making, like nobody, this was completely, uh, he, you know, he, um, You played yourself, I think, as Colin Colin would say.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's exactly right. And so he, you know... It's like who blinks first here, right? You know, are the Democrats going to come back uh, to Texas? Or are they going to risk arrest? Uh, we also saw that two uh, Democrats were arrested in DC uh, protesting for voting rights in and, and, and DC. Um, and so I think that it, it sort of is, is sort of like a signaling to me that they're saying, you know, we're willing to be arrested over this issue. And, you know, I, I I don't know what that would look like. Can they really put them in patrol cars and drive them and carry them into the chamber just to have their bodies present so that they could take away the voting rights of their constituents? They seem to think so. And it certainly seems that uh, a lot of their supporters think so. And so just like the Democrats are doing what they know their constituents want them to do and fighting this it's it's very clear that uh, the republicans feel that they have uh, the same you know um you know supporters telling them to do to do essentially lock them up as is what i'm hearing uh from a radio host saying i'm
1: getting like very 2016 vibes with the lock them up chance that
0: you're yeah yeah i really yeah exactly it was like oh god that's so triggering please no uh but yeah that's that's exactly what you know that's exactly what they want and so I don't blame them for not coming back, Um, you know, so, but it is a travesty and I think that's what the focus should be on that our governor is not only, you know, making it unsafe for Texans who are here, he's also preventing their representatives from coming back to the state. Uh, So it's really just some pretty outrageous stuff. I mean, you know, in this special session, he's added more things to it. So not, not only is it, you know, the voting rights issue, he's also added COVID restrictions. um, But COVID restriction restrictions. So basically saying, you know, he's going to codify into law his executive order is what it sounds like from reading the headlines that uh, he intends to do, uh, which is essentially say that locals and schools and, and you know, governments can't, you know, set standards for, for mask wearing or vaccinations. So, you know, with Texas and Florida combined being one third of all positive cases in the country right now this is probably not the thing he should be focused on.
1: But, I mean, this is very scary. I've been talking anecdotally with a lot of parents, teachers, guardians, school employees. Um, you know, there were some counties in, in North Texas that started school this week. And the majority of public schools in Dallas, uh, they start in 10 days. Um, you know, people are very petrified on this. And ISDs, uh, you know, they're, they're tied with this. Uh, The special session he's also requesting, uh, you know, has no car, no funding for possible virtual learning, which nobody really, I think, we really want children in schools, but we want them there safely. Um, You know, there's been some very, very scary and worrying uh, trends with this Delta variant uh, throughout heavily unvaccinated areas and other states that have started sending kids to school, like in Missouri and Louisiana um, and you know, you're they're finding very young kids that are in the ICUs that are having to go on ventilators. Um, we we you know I I don't I can't imagine being a parent right now and and having to to possibly you know think about that. Especially you know as we know, if you're under the age of 12, you there is no vaccine for you. Um, and then you know obviously if you are over 12, uh, please 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 get vaccinated. But um, this is a scary time, and Abbott has, I think, really, um, you know, he's just doubled down on, as you were saying, just codifying these efforts to to limit safety and health precautions.
0: Yeah. And he's clearly in a race with Ron DeSantis to be president and to get the Republican nomination. But it's amazing that they don't realize that they still need the support of people, of enough voters to win. And I guess that's one of the reasons we see all these attacks on voting rights as they're specifically targeting people they don't think are going to vote for them and pull away their right to vote. And we've seen this You know, Abbott, people have been asking him to fix the grid and to concentrate on that because we can all agree that needs to be done. That's not where his focus is. But in the meantime, since the session ended on May 31st, uh, he has received over four and a half million dollars from energy industry and executives of the energy industry. And, you know, I was just reading this Texas Tribune report and they're, they're quoting experts when they say that, uh, you know, this looks like a reward for not passing more stringent regulations. And, you know, we know that it was the average consumers in Texas who paid the bill uh, you know, they were billions of dollars in windfall money to these companies for the prices they charged during the uh, blackout. And in, you know, small businesses like my father-in-law's who got a $20,000 bill for a few days of uh, of electricity. Um, he's the one ultimately paying, uh, you know, this money to Abbott because that's where it came from. It came from these windfall. Um, and so it looks extremely bad. It, it's clearly corrupt. And, uh, but it shows that that's how the system works for mm-hmm. this governor.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I mean it's uh, as you said that this is uh, corrupt AF is kind of what I would yeah, say. It's, <laughs>
0: it's not a good look. You know, not a good look. But um, but I feel like people are talking more about where. Democrats are choosing to be outside of Texas than they are the fact that our governor is just receiving millions of dollars from the people who he totally, uh, you know, let go without any accountability for hundreds of people's deaths in, in the state or, you know, at least over 100 for sure that we've counted so far. So. Well, I know
1: someone yesterday, their power went out in Austin, it was a temporary thing, but he kind of experienced a little bit of, of PTSD, he was very worried about this, and I, I don't really blame him. Um, and I don't think that he was uh, being, um, uh, you know, this is a constant fear, especially mm-hmm. especially now as COVID cases are rising again, um, I, you know, what, the, the worst thing, you know, hospitals do have generators, at least the larger hospitals, but many rural hospitals do not. Uh, so this is a time where we, we really cannot afford what happened again in February. I mean, you have to remember, again, people died. Uh, you know, there's just heartbreaking stories all over the state about that, even young children um, that I mean, that was a travesty and something that should just never have ever happened in the United States, um, mm-hmm. you know, especially from a state that considers itself the, you know, the greatest energy source in the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really embarrassing. Um, and I, I really hope that these COVID numbers are really embarrassing as well. Uh, you know, we talked about Ron DeSantis, I I looked just yesterday with my fingers crossed and holding my breath uh, for his polls to see what his latest polls were. Unfortunately, he's upside down. Um, my hope is that people in Florida aren't, you know, falling in line with this. And it seems like they are not and they're uh, not happy about it. But it doesn't seem like his goal is to run for reelection. It seems like his goal is to win the national uh, nomination for the GOP and the presidency. And, and so the Floridians there are just going to have to suffer, um, you know, until he, he, you know, until he, he leaves the office, I guess. But the good news is that Charlie Crist, who is a a democratic Congress member from Florida uh, is actually pulling ahead of Ron DeSantis right now, uh, almost by three points which is really great. And then the the uh, woman, Nikki, uh, I think it's fried is uh, running just maybe a point behind DeSantis. And she is currently the only Democrat elected statewide in Florida. She's the agricultural commissioner. Uh, so, you know, she's, she's got a shot too. I think it's going to be a competitive race on the democratic side, which should only help. Um, and I certainly hope so.
1: I always give a side eye to Florida. I'm like, I don't trust anything about y'all, y'all folks. Oh, but no, I, I, no. St- I mean, I, I, I will say like, it's just, um, I, I believe the governor of, of South Dakota, Kirstie Noem, who was actually just uh, down in South Texas a few days ago with her, uh, donor funded, uh, guard that is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, helping keeping up, keeping us safe. Um, you know, it's sort of like this three-way match between her, DeSantis and Abbott and who can, I think are they on the payroll for coronavirus? I mean, at some point, like one has to wonder. Like this is, uh, you know, just just things that just seem common sense. I was I was actually listening just to a, 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 my local NPR station, and um, it was an interview with a a, a server at a, at a restaurant in North Texas, and you know, she she was very much saying like you know she's so concerned again about what's going to happen with the economy, with people being afraid of of going to restaurants. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was not angry at, uh, you know, people who who have these trepidations. She was really just angry at, you know, the unvaccinated people who Mm -hmm. are sort of fueling this surge. And that is 100% the case. I mean, pretty much 99% of all hospitalizations right now, these are preventable. The same with the deaths. I mean, this is this should, this should never have been a political issue and it became one. And now we're all in this sort of quicksand, sort of mm-hmm. trapped, um, you know, not from, from a lot of us, we, you know we did do the right thing and it is very frustrating to be kind of right back at square one and maybe even worse now uh, you know, with with the delta variant being it. As- I mean,
0: delta variant and the lambda, you know, delta plus. I mean, I don't know if those are even I mean, things.
1: <laughs> when I when I read about delta plus, I was like, oh man, I take it this doesn't come with some extra legroom and like
0: a that's hilarious. Price. That's that's that was my first thought too. Was that it was oh oh delta like airlines like oh what's this. And yeah, little, oh no.
1: Those seats that they have, like a little bit of like, no, no.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's really funny, but, um, but also very sad. Um <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, you know, I. I you know, to your point, the problem here is that the Republicans aren't doing anything to help the situation. They're, they're, All they're doing is make making people think that the vaccine doesn't work or doesn't work as well as it actually does or it's not that important to get or it's more important not to get it because you want to be able to say this is your, the newest way to show you that you're a patriot or show your freedom or whatever just mind bogglingly dumb thing that they're trying point that they're trying to make, which is not a good point, uh, whatever it is that they're trying to make here. Um, You know, I was looking at a headline specifically because I saw John Cornyn, you know, basically they're all drawing the skepticism. And including today, I got an email from from Roger Williams, a congressman from Texas. Basically, it was a poll, but the poll is very skewed towards, you know, uh, skepticism of the vaccine, skepticism of masks and wearing them in public. And they're just going down this road and it, it's just an awful, awful place uh, because like you said, it, you know, with the longer this is out there, you know, we, us vaccinated folks are protected to a degree. But then as long as there's all these people who are unvaccinated, they allow that thing to mutate and then it, do, it does come back and hurt folks who who there's I mean there's
1: some very very doomsday scenarios where you know enough of these variants are out there that eventually it will mutate to a strain that these vaccines really cannot prevent you know we're we are very lucky right now that even the breakthrough cases with the delta variant um for the most part if you are vaccinated you will have a few days of some cold symptoms I I know I know someone um who, who had a breakthrough case and, yeah you know, she she had some aches some chills it was nothing it was about what she said a common cold is mm-hmm. and you know she, it was she just sort of <clears throat> quarantined and watched a bunch of television that was it
0: do we know and she had the delta variant or was it
1: i i don't know we don't know about that okay I'll, I'll, I'll check on that um but it's' And so, and I, I'm working on a story right now about sort of the local, uh, right now, all four of the largest counties in Texas, they've raised their threat levels to the highest level possible, yep. um, but obviously they are, they are restricted in what they can do. Uh, you know, Lena Adalgo gave a press conference earlier today where she just, I thought, was very concise with this, you know, and, and the uh, health professional from Houston pretty much his point was if you are unvaccinated, it is just a matter of time of when you will contract COVID. Mm-hmm. And, and at that point it is, it is a higher power that dictates how your body will handle it. Um, and you are just sort of playing Russian roulette that which you really don't need to do. You can, you can take this vaccine, which yeah, a billion, and they also brought up the point, like a billion people have taken this worldwide if there really were scary side effects, like the, the magnetic stuff, you probably would know about it by now.
0: Well, well, here's the thing though. What about, it's the same thing of the voter fraud issue. Like if there was voter fraud everywhere, we would know about it, but what do they keep saying? Oh, it's there, we have yeah, the evidence. People just don't wanna see it. And that's what I'm saying now, the same thread of argument that people are making about COVID. It's the same thing. And it's, it's the same people who are in power who want you to do this just because they wanna control you and it's the exact same argument. You're right, um,
1: Ted, Ted Cruz was literally making, he was basically saying that, you know, this is just, uh, this, this whole thing has shown uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's character. They want to control you. They do not, if anything, they want to save your life. People who didn't vote for them, that yeah. is what they're trying to do. This is what Dr. Fauci is trying to do. Doc, I assure you, Dr. Fauci has spent a lifetime studying diseases. That is literally his title um there is no nefarious plot here
0: yeah yeah i saw i mean speaking of that and dr fauci I, that that really i mean i hate to speaking like this but that idiot uh uh Cawthorn. madison cawthorne guy. Uh, oh, okay. sta- i don't know how he got elected but anyway uh you know he basically made a comment about fauci and, and was trying to say like this guy's just only worried about his career advancement, and it's like, dude, he's had the same job for forty years, literally at the highest level that he could have. Like, like, what are you talking about? Like, it's so stupid. And, uh, but, anyways, so all these people, they have their own issues. When you start looking at them, uh, it's clear this is this is a lot of distraction, and, and they just want to make as much noise, 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 as much noise as they can. And I, I don't know, I feel like at some point, yes, it does turn off folks. Uh, but at some point, um, the, the, it's the, the chickens come home to roost, I guess, is, is, is the best way to put it. Because this thing is going to ravage their communities. You know, when you look at the map, again, the county map, it's those deep red rural areas that are getting hit the hardest. It's those places that they've been underfunding hospitals and Medicare and everything, like access for years, And it's going to really come back hard. And I thought they got that. I I thought for a second for a flash, you know, it seemed like Republicans started promoting the vaccine and they were getting it themselves. And, and now we're back to this violates my HIPAA, like, and they don't even know what that means, but, um, but that's where we are. And it's really, it's really scary for all of us uh, who, who are doing the right thing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, we should acknowledge also, as you mentioned before the show, that this is the two-year anniversary of the shooting in El Paso. Um, I don't know if you've seen any statements out there from folks, but I know we have a lot of high-profile folks from, from that. Yeah,
1: we, we we did a lot of coverage on Texas Signal. Um, so Ke- colleague Kennedy, she, she watched. Uh, there was a very moving tribute uh, on the anniversary, uh, sort of an unveiling of these 23... Um, statues commemorating the 23 people who were killed. There was wow. a, a park that they they had. So you had people like Veronica Escobar that were there. Um, there was an invocation from a pastor, Michael Grady. His daughter was actually wounded that day. Um, I, I've heard you he, uh, for folks who remember the Democratic convention. Um, you know, the, they the state thing that they did. It was in El Paso, and he was there. Um, but I've heard him speak about that you know, just ho- what, what no parent ever wants to go through, um, to, to, to know that your child, um, you know, is has, has been in a, in a mass shooting, um, and, and luck and his daughter was able to recover after a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but Incredible. so he gave an invocation. Um, and then I also, you know, for, for folks that, you know, a lot of folks are also still very angry that, you know, at the, after, right after the shooting, uh, you know, uh, Abbott, you know, sort of had his talk about, Oh, you know, we're going to make sure this we prevent this and we're going to make sure that, you know, bad people don't get access to guns. Uh, well, look what this legislature did. We have permitless carry that's coming September 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I did a story about that sort of focusing on some of the gun safety organizations, uh, you know, organizations like moms demand had been very active at the, the state Capitol this year, trying to, you know, sound the alarm about what will happen with permitless carry And and frankly, I mean, we're, you know, we're entering a very scary time right now. Uh, you know, we're starting next month, anyone over the age of 21, regardless of, of whether or not, you know, how to handle a firearm, you're, you're all set. You, you can go anywhere. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, yeah, okay. and I, I feel like, it's like it truly is like the wild wild west of, of what I would imagine from yeah west westerns so I watched as a child
0: yeah I mean it's double down double down double down always and I saw some right winger tweet something about uh the, the you know the national crime wave and homicide wave uh, that's going on in big cities uh, or really just everywhere all over the country and you know he's saying oh this is because you know, Democratic mayors were threatening to defund the police, and it's like, dude, you just acknowledge they didn't defund the police. And the fact is, the gun sales—if you look at the gun sales over the last two years—through the roof. And we remember records being set in, set during the Obama administration, but towards the end of the Trump administration, and then 2020, it just like just shoots through the roof during COVID. So many people bought guns. And and if guns were the answer, more guns, then we wouldn't certainly wouldn't have a homicide wave right now. So if something's not working, and something is uh, is truly wrong. And perhaps we should look at who is buying the who, who are buying these guns, and and, and why, and uh, and do something about the accountability of, of holding them. Because I think if people there was more accountability, you would see a lot less uh, gun violence, even if even if it was self-inflicted, because you would you would uh, maybe not have access to guns for people who may be vulnerable to that, uh, around. And that's really what's key to uh, stopping gun violence in general is access. And, you know, like so many things. So having access to firearms is, uh really at the heart of the issue actually um and i i would really like recommend anybody or everyone to actually go look at those statues that you were talking about they're living statues so like it was this florist who did it and uh everything you know it's just this like this green moss and it's covered in flowers and it's just like very moving like it's man you really you really kind of take it in when you when you look at it it's, it's pretty moving um i would definitely recommend people take a look at that and understand what you know what that really represents for people
1: mm-hmm. and you can also look up um you know pastor michael grady and, and hear his story too he 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 rec- i mean he, he's able to recount it very um you know remarkably succinctly uh you know and and it's uh um you know it is it is still i think this the largest shooting that we've had in texas and it's um you know and it is uh, i i'm just very heartbroken for you know everybody who endured that mm-hmm. um you know it was a a person who drove nine hours he, he's from yeah. north texas who did that and he was very much motivated by um hatred and white supremacy and it's a lot of the language that you're hearing still mm-hmm. to this day from republicans about undocumented immigrants about the migrants at the border mm-hmm. and that, that to me is I think just you you would like to think that if something awful like this happened people would maybe step back and say you know what words have consequences what I say has consequences and they absolutely did not do that
0: well because they absolutely did not have consequences and that was the problem because we saw that Abbott did, you know, sort of apologize at uh, the story that we broke on the signal about uh, his email going out like the day before using that same language. Um, and so it seemed this like was,
1: a- this was a fundraising email that he sent that mm-hmm. had very dehumanizing language uh, mm-hmm. regarding undocumented immigrants. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the signal uh, broke that 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 was sent out. Mm -hmm. moments before yeah you know
0: and and that is that is the problem that even when it changes just momentarily they don't there is no accountability from their side or their base and so they realize wait a minute actually they, they like it when we say things like that they like that uh that fighting language and then okay you know some some nut pops off every now and then but that's just the consequence of You know, the situation we're in and they feel like this is a war for their their country or their livelihood or whatever they have been, you know, fed to believe and 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 these politicians are too weak to push back against that. And that's what we saw in that poll today from Roger Williams. And what's what we see from the agenda that governor Abbott has set and from the people who are challenging him in the primary, they're not challenging him over his irresponsibleness when it came to COVID or not fixing the grid. They're challenging him because they, because he ever had, you know, restrictions in place ever in the first place. So it's really, like you said, it's, it's upside down and, and, we got a lot of work to do. So kudos to our, you know, Democrats out there in D.C. who are fighting for voting rights, so that we have the ability to hold these people accountable. Since they clearly won't do it themselves, we've got to do it. Uh, we got to stay strong uh, for them and make sure they know they have the support uh, to to stay away as long as they can. And it's hard. Obviously, my father's a state rep, uh, and I know some of these other state reps have small children, and so that's really hard for them. I mean, they have wives that work and or husbands that work at home. And and it's just up into their lives. But the governor, not only does he not care about that, and we can't make this about these Democrats legislators being victims, but it's important to point out the sacrifices they are actually making right now. Uh, But the governor's goal is cruelty. And it's been been his goal with the executive orders, punish, punish, punish all the time.
1: Even the agenda items that are on the special session, um, you know, we, we have, again, he's trying to, to prohibit the trans athletes uh, to participate in the, the sports of, of uh, you know, the gender they identify with. Um, and there's heartbreaking stories of families that will likely have to move out of Texas because of that. Um, or, you know, just it's, it's just unnecessarily cruel. And again, with um, also you have the anti-abortion stuff, uh, our old friend, Critical Race Theory, always there too, yeah. um, these are, and, and again, I, I think that for me, I, I think one of the, the, just the saddest things is I was was talking with a, um, someone who works closely with the Richardson ISD district that's in North Texas. And it's just, it's just next to Dallas. And, um, you know, luckily it is a, a pretty, you know, most parents they're, they're on the same page with regard to vaccination um and you know keeping kids safe um but it's it's like sort of every day you're like am i you know what's going to happen is, is is a child going to get sick what 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 are, and i think that level of uncertainty is is just is is cruel and, and it was so unnecessary all of this was just so preventable that's the mm-hmm. part for me that just i'm, I'm yeah
0: I'm,
1: i'll never let it go
0: totally agree yeah and so man so the fight continues but we do want to end on some good news and so I thought we should mention that uh our Houstonian uh who's representing us at the Olympic Games Simone Biles won a bronze medal in the women's balance beam I don't know if you got to see that performance but um I
1: I, I saw it very early in the morning although I was really angry at NBC I was I was I was visiting my my grandfather who's at a um at a, a, a facility now, and I was I wanted to show him, you know, oh, this is what Simone did, and those greedy folks at NBC completely uh, had were disallowed any images. I guess they had, they were showing it in their primetime coverage
0: hours. Uh, after on it yeah that makes sense i've tried to search for things on twitter i see people talking about and like man within minutes the videos are gone and i'm like trying to catch like search to catch it before it's taken down uh for some of this stuff but yeah i did see i did see that performance um yeah.
1: so just to, just in the future nbc you've got to fix this stuff and the peacock app i assumed that would be like where the hub was but right it mm-hmm. wasn't so, it was
0: not we well that's pretty poor poor job on their yeah on their part uh i have youtube but
1: simone was was just and i one thing i just loved too was just the outpouring of support that she received um she had a really great note from uh, the the training facility that she she was she was working at in japan um you know and and just uh just to know that you you know she really did um you know the, the 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 mental health you know just just what athletes have to endure in that regard um it's it's something that i don't think that we've we've really reckoned with and for her to to sort of speak out in the way that she did and for other athletes to to respond in such a positive way i think is um you know she we love we love her her olympic legacy but uh you know it extends beyond all of the medals and the awards
0: yeah absolutely she's such a class act i mean just to hear her talk you're just like oh my gosh she's so amazing and and just to see the type of hatred she received from these right-wing uh loonies on you know it's not even that they're just doing it because that's their churn that's their grift and it's really sad to see uh and it's amazing how they can talk about left being uh you know it's such a gaslighting left is anti-american or whatever and they're literally cheering for the failure of U S Olympic athletes. And so, yeah, that's, that's what people have to endure and people like Simone Biles and we've written about it on the signal uh, from the perspective of a black woman, you know, um, our, our journalist, um, uh, who, who wrote about that story, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not unique, unfortunately. So it's just something that we continue to have to deal with. Um, but yeah, it's so great to see somebody like her come back after all that and then perform in medal. Uh, and it's just right in, you know, right in their faces. So good for her. <laughs> uh, and thank you everyone else for, uh, listening in, uh, on this podcast. Again, we really appreciate it. Texassignal.com where we cover all the Texas politics going on and some culture stuff too. And we really, you know, like when you join the conversation on Twitter, uh, we are at Texas signal And we're on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and pretty much everywhere you get podcasts. So thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, later, y'all.